All right. Well, thanks, Mark and team, for leading us. And once again, welcome to Christ Central Church. Great to see those of you here in person, and welcome to those participating online. Like Mark said, my name is Joe Crummy, and today we're going to continue our formation series, The Way of Jesus. And just a little preamble here as we start. I was going to originally talk today about sex and spirituality, and as I was preparing for that and just taking a look at all the things that come with that, which we'll pick up in a little bit, we re- I realized that, oh my soul, when we start talking about all these things, what a lot of the things in our culture now, what we're actually talking about first is our identity and how many things are connected to our identity. And it comes to how we use our bodies and intimacy and knowing and being known and friendship and all those different things. It's like, as much as in my great planning, I was like, oh, I'm going to talk about sex and spirituality the day before Valentine's. That is really great timing. I'm going to postpone that, and we're going to take a look at things today about identity and about identity formation. And I've got my Play-Doh back, which I've been using to represent. It's probably a poor representation of what we look like, doesn't it? But the point being, some of us are <laughs> a little bit more lumpy than others. But we realize that whether we realize it or not, we're being formed in our world and in our culture. We're being shaped all the time. And my question this morning as we started is, who or what defines you? What defines me? How do we go about creating and finding our identity? Has anyone ever taken a course in school that's called Finding Your Identity 101? No, we don't have it, but yet it's happening to us every day. And it's a bit like saying, you know, we breathe oxygen and everyone's kind of like, okay, but we can't really see it, but it's all around us. It's 24-7, but we can't even, we don't even necessarily think about that we're breathing all the time. It's kind of like that in the culture that we live in. Culture is forming and shaping and molding us, and we don't even always know it. And so today we're going to pull back and take a look at some of these things. We're going to look at things like identity. How do we get a sense and a definition of self and worth? How do we know, like, what is really the core of who we are? Who gets to determine what we're really living for? What's really important? What do we value? Worth, who is our ultimate validator? Who what tells you what's good or what's to live for? Who determines the highest moral good? Those are all the different questions that we don't always maybe think about, but how we make decisions about every aspect of our lives. And today we're going to take a look at this process of identity formation that happens culturally. And everything I'm sharing today, it comes from a lot of different people, and I'm kind of bringing a succinct summary. And so we could spend months on this, so bear with me as I really summarize and give you some grace that I'm going to make some generalizations just for the sake of time. And primarily, this is taken from Tim Keller, who's a pastor at Redeemer Church in New York City. And he says this, every culture imposes on its members a particular way of doing identity formation, and it doesn't ask for your permission, and it doesn't even tell you that it's doing it. So you think about our media and our TV and our movies and our social media, we're, we're in it, and we don't even always understand how it's affecting us. And Keller unpacks this, and Again, for the sake of time, there's more, but I'm going to just summarize things in sort of three ways as far as identity formation. We're going to look at sort of a traditional way, a modern way, and then briefly, which we'll pick up in a couple weeks' time, the Christian 
way of how we receive our identity. So, here we go. First of all, traditional. This is the traditional way in which we help form our identity. And so if we go back, we would, some people call it sort of in past, the honor culture. And this is what we mean. The greatest thing, which is your family, your tribe, your clan, your nation, that is what you are living for. And that helps explain and define what moral good is, what our absolutes are, what's sacred. So our good and honor is this. The definition of being good and honor and sort of in an honor culture is this. You put the people above yourself. So you kind of repress your own desires, and the community then validates you and calls you a good person, and you have a sense of self and worth. So you're putting the community, your family, your tribe, your clan, your nation above your own personal things. And the community and that family and that nation validates you and says, that's being a good and honorable person. So, but here's the main thing we just want to hone in is, the key to traditional identity formation is this, someone or something outside of you, outside of self, determines what honor and good is, and validation comes from out there. So that, again, could be your family, tribe, nation. So you think about it, your parents, family, clan, tribe, all those different things, others define what the greater good is, and your outside validation comes from not inward, but outward. And there's a lot of good points to that, and I'm sure already you're thinking there's some bad points to that. And then there's the modern identity formation, which has really changed even in the last number of years, and there's been different layers of shifts over from the traditional to the modern, but primarily it's this. This is the big difference. The modern identity formation moves things from the outward, external, to the internal. So it began in what maybe you've called the enlightened, heard of the enlightenment, where the philosophers and that began to say there is still a good moral good and all that, but instead of it being defined by community, nation, God, Bible, you use your reason. And then as we went on, it went from just using your own reason to you got to search within you, and you got to follow and figure out what's in your heart. And so it wasn't just reason, it was your emotions and feelings and heart. And that's morphed even in the last 50, post-World War II, 30, 10 years to this. And this is the big difference. The identity formation in the modern way is you go into your heart, and if you can follow me, to both discern what's good for you and how you will live, but you also determine what is good and how you will live. So it's a complete sort of opposite of traditional, outward, external, is defining both good and validating you. Modern is more you go internal and you get to decide and you get to discern and you get to determine based on your feelings and all of that what is both good and how you should live it's a completely internal way of forming your identity. Whew. And you say, Joe, why are you saying this? I'm saying this because I'm going to back up for a second. Paul says this in Romans 12, 1 and 2. 
So I'm trying to help you understand why we're even covering this today and why it's so important to cover this first before we talk about things like sex and spirituality from a Christian point of view. Paul says this in Romans 12, 1 and 2. He's writing to the Romans and he's unpacking what it is to be a Christian and a Christian worldview and an understanding. And he says this, Therefore I urge you, saints, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And then he says this, and this is our key verse, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Folks, we got to understand the patterns of this world in order for us to be renewed by God's Word and by God's Spirit so that we don't get conformed and squeezed into the patterns of this world. So in a sense, I'm asking sort of your permission this morning to unpack patterns of this world so that we understand what's going on because, folks, this affects everything. So I'm hoping maybe you already begin to see some of the implications in our culture and for you and I individually if we individually get to discern what is good and determine what is good. And you and I are the ultimate validator. And you and I are the ultimate determiner of what is good. Then can you understand maybe in our culture this attitude that comes out which goes a bit like nobody tells me what to do. Nobody tells me what is right or wrong. Do you understand how we've kind of moved in our culture to people saying there are no moral absolutes, that moral value is relative? Well, you believe what you believe, and I'm going to believe what I believe. And can you see in our culture today, and some of this is good, and some of this is bad, okay? There's a mixture here. How previous moral values, you maybe heard this, things were socially constructed by our culture, and now we're deconstructing those things. And there's some good things about that. We're deconstructing racism and different things, but there's some not so good things about that because, well, we'll see. So I hope you're following with me. Bear with me a couple more minutes. Here's some just observations between traditional and modern identity formation and their implications for society and for us as Christians and within the church. So briefly, and I think Josh and them are doing a good job of tracking with me, so thank you guys. One, here's some observations. And depending upon where you come from, and depending where you are living in the world today, some of these traditional ones are still happening. So for a lot of our African friends and different people, and if you've watched um, you know, any sort of shows that talk about immigrants coming and different things like that in different societies, you can see that traditional in many parts of the world is still very much how identity is formed. And then more in our Western culture, modern has kind of taken over in some places there's a mixture. But here we go. So these are the generalizations. The ultimate good of the self has moved from outward to inward. So this is the main point. We've moved from a completely external identity formation to an internal identity formation. And we just have to understand that as best as I'm trying to explain that. Number two, sacrifice is replaced by desires. So let me just try to flesh that out. And that's a big one today. So traditionally, 
your self-worth, your identity depends on the honor your community bestows upon you as you sacrifice your desires to fulfill those duties. So, in history, you know, one whole thing is going to war to fight for your country was one way honor was bestowed upon. You were sacrificing your own personal things in order for the greater good of the country. That is like a traditional. Modern is this. Your self-worth and identity and your desires and your dreams and your aspirations now depend on the dignity you give to yourself as you realize and assert these desires against any claims from anyone outside, like family, community, church, nation, God. So very much in our culture, more and more, it's, very, it's a very uh, positive thing, and it gets reinforced in our culture. If you stand up and you just say, I just need to be me. I just got to be me, despite what anyone else thinks. And that more and more is applauded in our, because you decide who you are. And it's not a quiet thing. Then you begin to exert, you have to accept me, which leads to the next one. The big sort of argument and understanding of who, what defines me changes from looking outside, outward, to inside, inward. And I hope you get, you're tracking with some of the things how this affects our identity. So traditionally, you go outside of yourself to figure out the highest good, and then you align with it. So you kind of argue with yourself to say, well, I'm feeling all these things, but Outside says this, so I'm going to say to myself, no, I'm not going to follow my own way. I'm going to follow out here. So traditionally, you argue with your inside to align with the outside. But in the modern, the starting point is where? It's inward. It's inside. You decide who you are. You decide what's right or wrong for you. And then you go outside to argue with the culture that I should be accepted. So, we have a lot of this today, whether we realize it or not, we have a lot of this. You have to honor and accept me because this is who I am. And folks, my Twitter feed every day is that argument, pretty much. It's people just expressing, you have to accept me, you have to honor me because this is who I am. So, I make the decision internally, and then I'm saying to the rest of culture, you have to accept and honor me. So in modern, you argue with the outside to align with your inside. So I hope you're tracking with me. I hope you're, trying to, I hope you're seeing more and more the kind of two things, and we're going to get to how that affects us. And then the big question is, again, who validates you? In the traditional, you don't validate yourself. Someone else does. So you can see some of the, you know, sort of people groups, and depending upon where you've come from and your cultural background, you know, what your parents and what your family say about you has a big influence, for, for good or for bad. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of culture, if you get your parents' approval, you're, you're doing well, or the community, or the clan, or the tribe, again, or the nation. Modern, you validate yourself. You are your own validator. So, again, let me try to flesh this out a little bit more. So, in traditional... The problem with sort of the world is this. 
The problem is just recognizing we're selfish. We're selfish individuals. (laughs) Therefore, the solution is this. The solution is to connect the individual to a higher order. So, back in the day, sometimes what you do is if somebody was rebellious in the community, guess what they did sometimes? What did they do? They stuck them in the military. (laughs) That young, wild teen, the solution is put them in the military and they'll, something external, they'll line up with, hey, having purpose and meaning and value. Now, I'm not saying it worked, but that's kind of, if you can track with me on that. But here's sort of what the modern identity formation views the problem is and see if this resonates with you at all. The problem is this. The problem is people telling me there is a higher order out there that I have to follow, submit, live according to. So you can understand why there's such more and more a reaction against Christianity, against the church, against... Because the problem is actually people telling me there's something I need to line up to. And so the fix or the solution in modern identity formation is this. If every individual is free to live his or her, we use the word independent, I'm going to say selfish life. That's the, that's the answer. If everyone was just free, then that's the solution. And so again, in traditional, just summarizing it, you sacrifice for others, and in modern, the narrative is if you sacrifice in order to be your self. So let me give you two examples from movies to just try to prove, or just kind of not prove, but show, reveal this point. So anybody love Lord of the Rings? Books, movies? Thank you. I see all those hands. Thank you online. I'm sure there's some hands going up. So Lord of the Rings, you sacrifice for others out of friendship and community for the higher good. So that's a traditional war movies. There's lots of, lots of examples. More and more in our modern identity formation, here's a movie for you. And even this, I believe, is Home My Soul, almost 10 years old, which is crazy to think about. Frozen, Queen Elsa. Are you, will you allow me to sing for a moment? It's time to see what I can do. No right or wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. Let it go. Now, I get, now you'll have that song stuck in your head. You can chastise me afterwards. Great movie, we think, you know. <laughs> and again, we watch it and listen, and we don't even, at least for me, I don't even pick up even sort of the theme or what's being said or... But Elsa saying, I gotta be me, even to the detriment of my community. I gotta figure, I gotta leave my community to figure out who I am. So just think about those words. It's time to see what I can do. No right or wrong, no rules for me, I'm free. And in our culture, that, that is what gets celebrated and honored. So you just think about the messages in our world today. And they come from everywhere. You mustn't let anyone tell you who you are. You can't be dependent 
on anyone else or care what anyone else has to say, which you see a lot of irony in that in our social media, you must choose who you are yourself, you must validate yourself, and it comes across in all kinds of different ways. And that gets pushed through therapy, that gets pushed through social media influencers, friends. And can you detect sort of the irony slash hypocrisy in that is that the people who are saying, don't let anyone tell you what to do, and all of those things, what are they actually telling you to do? <laughs> so that person who's telling you, you can decide for yourself, you can be whoever you want to be, all those different things, is actually being the truth teller and being the validator of what they're saying. So here's the thing. Both the traditional and the modern have some good in them. There are, there are some good things in there for both. But there's some, as we're going to see from the Bible, not so good things as well. In the traditional, some of the positive, it's less individualistic, that's for sure. And there's some good about having some outside good and being part of community and validation. But as we can see, and what have we seen over the last number of years, in the past, that's led to control and abuse and manipulation. So you take some of the things that have just, in the last even 10 years, that have come to light in churches, in hockey, in military, in family, we've discovered all this abuse because it was hidden under for the greater good. We're going to win a Stanley Cup, and that's the greater good, so we're not going to deal with this. We're going to protect the church. We're not going to deal with this. So there's some obviously bad, and there's some good with the modern that's saying, no, we're going to stand up and we're going to say some things, but it's probably gone way too far in the sense of being very individ individualistic, and it can make an idol out of our own rights and preferences and freedoms. And folks, the modern one, whew, that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself to say, I've got to figure out and discern and discover and determine what's good and that's a lot of pressure. Man, no wonder our anxiety rates are through the roof. No wonder we're feeling suicidal more than ever, even though we kind of live in a better world. Because that's a lot of pressure. That's hard to be the one to validate yourself. And folks, with that sort of identity, guess what? If anyone disagrees with you, man, you're shattered because you don't just think they're attacking maybe what you're saying. They're attacking your identity. So no wonder our social media blows up because so much of this is who I am and you have to accept me. Well, no, I disagree with. Then you're attacking me and my identity and therefore, whew, Now, briefly, and you got to come back in two weeks because we're going to pick things up. And actually, this all goes with everything Mark's speaking from Ephesians 1. Folks, there's a different way of identity formation. There's Christ's way of form forming our identity. And please note, and this is where it gets confusing sometimes in church life, what I'm about to say 
I'm not trying to get back to some false reality of what of the traditional identity formation was better than modern. They're, they both had their good and their bad. So please hear me. I'm not the old guy saying, we've got to get back to the, to the traditional. Ah, there's a lot of bad things with the traditional. And there's some good things with the modern and there's some bad things, but there's a different way. Our identity, our self, our worth, our highest good, our ultimate validation, hallelujah, there's a different way. And in Christianity and in Christ, the Christian identity formation, there are two main things I just want to point out today and we'll flesh them out going forward, is this. This is the good news. This is the good news of Jesus. This is good news of the gospel. Number one, the basis of your identity is not on your performance, but on Christ's performance. For those of you who are here for the worship part, like all the songs we just sang, we're saying, hallelujah, Jesus, your performance was enough. That your perfect life was enough. That you obeyed everything the Father commanded. You died on a cross because you lived a perfect life. You were the perfect sacrifice. You paid our debt of sin. You defeated Satan. You've opened up eternal life. All of our songs we are singing is, God to be the glory, great things you have done. How? Through your son, Jesus. And as Christians, we're saying, we're with Jesus. We're putting our life with Jesus. Jesus paid the price, removed that partition that we can know God as Father. And folks, that never changes. No matter what our feelings are like, no matter our circumstances of life, our identity can be stable and secure. It's not based on what I think, I mean, the modern one, just think about it. You think about your feelings every day. <laughs> every hour they change. <laughs> well, I've just had my coffee. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. <laughs> By noontime, I'm like, oh, my soul. Who am I? We're up and down and all around. I'm doing pretty good. And then, oh, man, that one person said this on my Twitter feed, and it just, like, crushed me. Like, we're, whoa. Folks, this was the Christian identity different from everything else on planet Earth. It's received, not achieved. Hallelujah. That's everything Mark's been spelling out from Ephesians 1 about grace. Okay, we don't earn it. It's a gift. We get what we don't deserve. We receive salvation. We receive forgiveness. We receive righteousness. We receive right standing with God. We receive a new life. We receive a new identity. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if therefore if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation, a new identity. The old is gone, the new has come. And so much of the Christian life is just learning and understanding and walking in the good of what Christ has achieved and given to us. So it's not based on our performance. Hallelujah. Because if it's based on our performance, either we think we're doing really well, which leads to pride and independence, or we know we're not doing very well, it leads to just being absolutely crushed and defeated. And a lot of times we're pulled between those two. Our identity can be secure in Christ because it's based on his performance, not ours. And we can receive it not have to try to achieve it. That is good news, folks. That is good news.
That is good news. That is good news. And briefly, just the second one. I mean, these are all huge messages on their own. The Christian identity formation, the ultimate validator is God, not me or you. So that really helps come against both the traditional and the modern because it's really it's not based on any sort of human being or culture or family or people group or nation. It's actually based on God, the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. So you think about in the traditional, if our maybe parents or our family group or our nation gets it wrong, we're in trouble. So if our parents are maybe a bit off, even though they might be well-meaning, and we don't please them or we don't live up to what, it can be a crushing thing. Or if we don't live up to what our community thinks or what our nation thinks, and that's where it breaks down a lot of times. But you think about the modern. How many times we might even disappoint ourselves and we look inward and all those things. Folks, Whew. Think about it. If, if it's based on people and that person leaves, so if we're in a romantic relationship and that person leaves, that can crush us. If our parent dies and we were dependent on our parent for everything, you can see how they fall down and they're dependent on other things. Our validation ultimately is dependent on God. Hallelujah. Jesus at his baptism, we read this, as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending descending on him like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. So Jesus never had to worry about his identity. Different circumstances, he had friends around him, he was lonely. He had all the things And you can see as Jesus goes through, Jesus saying, hey, I know who I am. I know what I'm about. I know my purpose. Even when he's being put on trial, you know, who are you? Jesus is like, I know who I am. (laughs) His identity and his worth and his acceptance and his significance and his validation came from his Father in heaven. And it wasn't dependent on others. And it wasn't even dependent on him trying to figure it all out. God validates. And if you read some of the Psalms, David had this figured out. You think about reading some of the Psalms. David says this, God, my honor and my salvation depend on you. I'm going to trust you at all times. I'm going to pour out my heart to you because my salvation and my honor depend on you. Folks, I know that's a lot to throw at you today, and I know it's not kind of a typical sermon or message, but some of the things we're going to talk about over these next few weeks, if we don't understand the patterns of this world, we can conform and be squeezed into following them, and we don't even know it. And this was just a bit of a, hey, here, let's understand some of the culture we live in so that we can understand from a Christian point of view and worldview and reality, how we can live different 
that we don't have to be squeezed into traditional or modern identity, that we don't have to be conformed to the patterns of this world. And folks, this whole aspect of identity formation, it's so key. It affects everything. I hope you understand why we've been talking about a framework of life and how our foundation has to be in God's Word, has to be in prayer, has to be in rest so that we have time to hear from God, has to be a Holy Spirit-filled life. Because how are we going to renew our mind and understand these things if we don't have those as the foundation on and on and every day? So in closing, just to review, traditional, understand how the outside determines outward sources, define what is good and validates. Modern is it's internal, inward defines what's good and validates. And they both have good and bad points, but they're both very open to abuse and control and manipulation. And there's a different way. Jesus and the Christian identity formation, it's based on God. And number one, it's based on Jesus' performance, not our own. Therefore, our identity is received, not achieved. It never changes. That God validates what God says is the most important thing in our lives. His opinion is the most important thing. So I'm going to leave some questions up there. We'll put them on the live stream and this week for your life group. But really, this is all I'm asking this week is one of the main things is, why don't you just take some time, just think about these three ways of identity formation. might be good just to think about, you know, how, how has my identity been shaped and formed sort of maybe in the traditional way, the modern way, and is my identity, and be honest with ourselves, really being formed the other way, through Jesus, his performance, his validation. What's influencing and forming and shaping your identity? Because folks, your identity affects your actions and your behaviors. So when we get into sexual things and that, easy just to say, don't do this, don't do that, all but the way the modern has made it, our sexuality becomes our identity. And we can't tackle some of those things if we haven't tackled identity first. I'm going to stop there. I think we have time for one more song, Mark, if you guys want to come. I just want to pray. If you're able, why don't you stand if you're here, Clark Street at home. So first of all, again, thank you for tracking with me. I know that's a bit of a different, that's almost like a lecture more than a sermon. But sometimes we just need to be educated on these things. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you again for your great love for us, that you demonstrate it to us through Jesus and the cross and resurrection. You, your word says, for those of us who know you, you pour the love of the Father into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You've transferred us from one kingdom into your kingdom. And God, I pray today, Lord, for those who know you, that we would live in the good of our identity in Christ, that we're in Christ. Hallelujah. God, Jesus, hallelujah. You're our great substitute. Hallelujah. We can receive it freely as a gift. Hallelujah, God, that we look to you, that you say to us in Christ, you are my son, you are my daughter, whom I love. With you I am well pleased because he sees Jesus. And Father, I pray for those who maybe aren't followers of Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit, would you help people as they wrestle through, Lord, these are real things. Lord, I know it's 
really issues of life and death. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal to those who are on a journey, discovering, wrestling through their identity. Holy Spirit, would you reveal Jesus and the good news of following him? We ask in Jesus' name, amen.